Lizzie Andrew Borden was born on July 19th of 1860 to parents Sarah and Andrew Borden. She had an older sister named Emma Borden and both would grow up in the town of Fall River, Massachusetts. The Bordens were a religious family that came from money and were very well respected in the community. Lizzie's father, Andrew, had various successful businesses in the town of Fall River and also held a large amount of commercial real estate. Despite this success, Andrew was a frugal man and this would affect the way his daughters grew up. Even though they could easily afford it, their home had no electricity or indoor plumbing. Sadly, that's how frugal Andrew Borden was. Lizzie's mother Sarah would end up passing away when Lizzie was only three years old and this seemed to affect the sisters greatly. Just three years later, when Lizzie was six, their father Andrew would end up marrying a woman by the name of Abby Durfee Gray. This, obviously, did not sit so well with the sisters. They believed Abby only married their father for his money and a new lady entering their lives so soon after their mother's death only made their relationship with Abby that much more strained. Over the years, it seems the sisters' resentment towards their father and stepmother only grew. Even though the family had money, Lizzie and her sister were said to not have the latest fashions, and knowing their father could easily afford it rubbed them the wrong way. Lizzie was even known to shoplift around town for things she wanted. She would never get into trouble because the shop owners would just bill Andrew and he always would pay them. Lizzie and Emma would never marry and as a result, both grow into adulthood in their father's home. See, back in those days, it was unheard of for a lady to move out before she was married. It was considered shameful and scandalous. Family arguments would get worse and tensions would only rise over the next 32 years until the summer of 1892 when all hell would break loose. In 1892, there would be an intense argument between the Borden sisters and their father over real estate. See, Andrew gifted Abby's sister a house and Lizzie and Emma took that as a slap in the face. After all these years, their father barely gifted them decent clothing, let alone a house. Andrew would eventually appease the sisters by giving them the home their mother had died in. At this point, it was no secret to anyone that the family had problems and that the sisters, especially Lizzie, had no love for their stepmother and barely any for their father. Their living maid Bridget, aka Maggie, would go on to claim that over the years, she never saw the girls ever have dinner with their parents. In mid-July of that year, the girls would sell back the home they received from their father for $5,000. That's roughly the equivalent of $150,000 today. The reason for the sale is unknown, but many believe the girls couldn't manage the property well and just wanted to be done with it. On August 3rd, Lizzie and Emma's uncle from their mother's side, John Morse, would come visit them for a few days and talk business with their father. The next morning on August 4th, Lizzie, Andrew, Abby, John, and the maid Maggie were all present in the kitchen 
while the family had breakfast. Andrew and John would later proceed to the living room and talk for nearly an hour before John headed out the door at 8.50 a.m. About 20 minutes later, Andrew headed out the door for his morning walk. Abby would go upstairs between 9 and 10.30 a.m. to clean the guest room which Lizzie's Uncle John was staying in. While in the room, Abby heard someone enter the room so she turned around to confront them. As she spun around, a hatchet would strike her on the side of her head, causing her to fall to her face immediately. She would then be struck another 17 times with the hatchet to the back of her skull. Abby would die instantly in that guest room. Andrew would return home from his walk at 10.30 a.m. to find the door locked. He started knocking and got the attention of Maggie the maid. When she went to open the door, she would later testify hearing Lizzie laughing hysterically upstairs. Andrew would ask Lizzie if she knew where Abby was and Lizzie would tell him that Abby left the home after receiving a letter. This letter supposedly claimed that Abby's friend was sick and would like to see her. After this conversation, Maggie the maid states that she took off Andrew's boots and replaced them with slippers before he laid down on the sofa for a nap. She then informed Lizzie that there was a cell in town and she should check it out. Lizzie invites her to tag along, but Maggie claims she's tired and not up for shopping at the moment. Maggie would then head up to the third floor where her room is located and take a nap. According to Maggie, she is startled awake around 11 a.m. to Lizzie crying out, quote, Maggie, come quick. Father's dead. Somebody came in and killed him. Andrew was found dead on the sofa he was napping on. He had been struck with a hatchet to the face so many times his face was literally described as looking like hamburger meat. A doctor would arrive a little while later and pronounce Andrew and Abby dead. It was only after Andrew's discovery that Abby was finally found. Investigators would determine Andrew's time of death was at 11 a.m. Lizzie's nonchalant attitude and altering accounts of that day immediately rubbed investigators the wrong way and on August 6th, Lizzie was informed by an officer and the mayor that she was now a suspect in the death of her father and stepmother. The initial police investigation on August 4th has been heavily frowned upon and even called a simple cursory inspection. On August 6th, before letting Lizzie know she was a suspect, the police did conduct a more thorough investigation, finding the broken hatchet head and other items of interest. Lizzie's best friend would go on to state that on August 7th, she witnessed Lizzie cutting up a dress. When she asked Lizzie what she planned to do with the dress, Lizzie replied she was going to burn it because it had been stained with paint. That dress has never been recovered. On August 8th, Lizzie was called to an inquest hearing to answer questions about the double murder and her actions around and on August 4th. She was described as erratic during the inquest, giving multiple stories of where she was and what she was doing that day. She would also refuse to answer questions during the inquest for no apparent reason. Three days later, she would be arrested and jailed, and on December 2nd, she was indicted for murder.
Her actual trial would not start until June 5th of 1893. During her trial, Lizzie had a dream team of lawyers for her defense, including future Supreme Court Justice William Moody and a former governor of Massachusetts named George Robinson. Lizzie's defense would argue that when Maggie headed upstairs to take that nap, Lizzie exited the home at around 10.58 a.m. to go to the barn. She claims being at the barn for 20, if not 30 minutes, before returning home. Several witnesses would also claim to see Lizzie leaving the barn and returning home that day. That is when Lizzie entered the home and called out to Maggie about her discovery. Lizzie's lawyers would also have her inquest testimony thrown out on the grounds that she was under the influence of the drug morphine and wasn't fully coherent during that time. It would take the jury only an hour and a half to come back with a verdict of not guilty. Lizzie would go on to state outside of the courthouse that she was, quote, the happiest woman in the world. Despite being found innocent in a court of law, many in her town and many to this day believe Lizzie Borden truly did kill her father and stepmother in cold blood. Others believe the real killer is still out there, while some speculate that if Lizzie is innocent, she at least knows more than she lets on. Despite this, Lizzie would go on to live in Fall River until her dying days. Lizzie would succumb to pneumonia on June 1st of 1927 after removal of her gallbladder. Her sister Emma would pass away just nine days later. Emma always claimed that Lizzie was innocent. After her death, Lizzie's fortune, which she received after her father's death, would be split among various friends and family with a substantial amount going to the Fall River Animal Rescue League. To this day, the story of Lizzie Borden has been kept alive through pop culture and those still wondering what really happened at the Borden home on August 4th of 1892. Please like and subscribe as it really helps our channel grow. Also, consider becoming a Patreon by hitting the Patreon link in my banner or about section and help me to bring you bigger and better content every week. I find it only right to end this episode by reciting a famous rhyme dedicated to the Lizzie Borden case. Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Andrew Borden now is dead. Lizzie hit him in the head. Up in heaven he will sing. On the gallows she will swing.